Welcome to the Power Hour. I'm Adrienne Herbert, wellness coach, international speaker and author. Each week I speak to a variety of guests from business founders to Olympic athletes, leading coaches, change makers and innovators to find out their daily habits, their rules to live by and what motivates them to get up out of bed each day. Personally, I am on a mission to encourage, motivate and inspire. So I hope that the Power Hour will help you to achieve your personal and professional goals. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. Firstly, I hope that you have all been enjoying some white space. After I shared the mini episode last week, I've received so many messages from people and also so many tags, people tagging their friends and people that apparently need more white space in their lives right now. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, then go ahead and listen to last week's mini episode, which is all about the importance of white space. In today's episode, I am joined by Natalie Pennacoat Collier. Natalie is a performance well-being and sleep expert, mind coach, and she's worked with elite sportsmen and women from Team GB, as well as helping business leaders as well. So in today's conversation, we talk about life after lockdown. We talk about decision making, about simplification and simplifying our lives. And I always enjoy my conversations with Natalie. I love her curious mind and the way she talks and the way she thinks about things. It always challenges me to to think a little bit differently as well. So it's a very honest conversation and I really hope that you will enjoy it. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. Today, I'm joined by Natalie Pennacoat Collier. For any of you who have been listening to the show for a long time, then you may have heard my previous interview with Natalie. I think it was way over a year ago. It's actually in December 2019. So I'm really excited to welcome Natalie back onto the show for episode two. Natalie, how are you? Yeah, thank you. I'm good. It's good to be back. We've been planning this for a while and actually it couldn't be more timely could it because we could never have imagined the innovation and trauma that have collided in the last what 20 months since I've been Mm. back on so thank you for this opportunity well absolutely as you say the last year year and a half it just seems it's getting longer and longer has yeah as you say it's forced innovation it's been a global trauma it's been a change and as somebody who works in this in the space of well-being in performance you know helping people you work with team gb athletes you work with high performing individuals to really you know optimize their lives to to help them find processes to help them find the tools the habits the different changes and and to be more resilient so of all the people i could have spoken to today i definitely think that yeah this is a very timely conversation and there's just so much that i want to get into i think firstly you know, the last year for me, I've talked a lot and I've listened a lot about the work and life. And I hear a lot of people talking about, you know, how our work and life has had to change and how remote working and kind of corporate organisations have had to change, how we've all had to adapt. But I keep hearing this this conversation around how it's been forever changed and how things have accelerated and they'll never go back and that we're all going to create a new normal. And so some of the things I'd love to talk to you about, Natalie, are the changes that have come and how we can kind of you know embrace and adapt to change decision making because that's a big key thing for a lot of people right now 
and simplicity, actually, and how we can use some of these decisions to simplify our lives. So that's, I guess, all the things I want to dive into. Uh, So let's kick off with, yeah, the decision making part, because as I'm sure a lot of people listening to this will have had to make some big decisions in the last year. I know that friends and co-workers and colleagues and family members have talked about all of these big life decisions, which for some people, they've said, okay, maybe it's getting a dog, maybe it's moving to a new city, changing their job, changing career, some people getting engaged, some people getting divorced, you know, there's all of these changes. And actually, sometimes making decisions in a time of change and stress and trauma can be you know, people say, oh, don't make a decision now. It's not a good time to make a big decision because there's all this stuff going on. But for other people, they're like, no, like it's accelerated change. It's exciting because it's given them a push to say, you know what? Maybe I would have sat in my comfort zone for years and years and years. But the last year has made me go, I want to change things. I don't want to waste time. I want to really, you know, just take the plunge or kind of have this like knee jerk reaction. So yeah, Natalie, what can you talk to us a little bit about decision making? Apparently we make 35,000 decisions a day is what I read. So I'd love to hear from you on, um, yeah, all of all of those those uh, decision-making points and big life decisions. So thanks, Adrian. It's all of the above, isn't it? This is a complex time full of everything that you just said, trauma, innovation, complex decision-making. We've been trading off imperfect environment and circumstances. But it's also the crucible of our lives right now. And that's really interesting and useful for us, okay, in the imperfect art of being human. So we've got to move away from this perfectionism that we have around decision making. If anything, that just traps us. Perfectionism puts us squarely in that circle that increases failure and rejection and amplifies burnout and poor mental health. And that's the opposite of what we want. And, you know, you and I, both love this word, you know, this is essentially where I see our job and our passion and our careers is very much the same. We help people innovate, innovate their thinking for me. And and I would suggest the same for you as well. I always meet people at these crucibles of their life, whether something traumatic has happened to them, whether something exciting that they feel they're not quite ready for, a massive job promotion (laughs) or something else where they actually, you know, as an athlete, this is a four-year performance pathway. And just like we know in elite sport, performance leaves a trail. And I also know that these moments in our life, the crucible, we can call it, everybody knows what's going on in the context of their life, but it's been amplified. The whole of our lives have been stripped back, haven't they? So we're more aware. But unless you know how to be self-aware, and that is the number one habit or return on investment of habit that we can create. And that's super, super, super useful, not necessarily helpful, but useful when it comes to decision-making. So you know I love Alvin Toffler, the futurist. I just want to say this one thing before we, just just to kind of frame this whole conversation. Because for me, this is a conversation between the two of us as coaches, helping people innovate. Okay, it's not about fixing. It's not about me overlaying how I think people should think or behave. It's about people having more choice and saying, actually, where am I right now? Toffler, the Toffler effect. If anybody has not read Future Shock, please do. But the illiterates, and I say that in inverted commas of the 21st century, will be those who cannot read and write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn and relearn. 
I pretty much know that's the sum total of my life thus far. Mm. I really want people to hear what you just said. So it's to learn, unlearn and relearn. And I'm someone who, as you know, Natalie, I'm obsessed with lifelong learning and, you know, always talking to people about learning styles and figuring out, you know, how do you as an individual learn? Is it through reading? Is it through auditory? Is it through visual? But I love that idea that actually you don't just learn something and then that's it. You can stop. You know everything. You know, the the ability. And I think the people who are the most curious, as you as you mentioned, we're both obsessed with innovation. But the people that are the most curious, the people that ask the most questions, they're most willing to learn and to exactly. rethink as well. I'm big on, you know, Adam Grant with his rethinking. Learn something, but then yeah. question yourself. Think like a scientist. Yes. Is there something here that could change your mind? Could you rethink this to make it a little bit better and I think yeah continually relearning and being open to the fact that we're all going to have to do that for the rest of our lives nothing's going to stay the same that to me is exciting it's really exactly exactly and that's what I'm helping and that's that's my suggestion if you like for everyone listening right now it it can and will be a crucible of your life the last 18 months of your life has to have some meaning you know, so that we move away from this post-traumatic trauma and into the growth stage. So, so what happens if there's no learning and we don't adapt? As I just outlined, we can guarantee it's a fast track towards the things that are going to speed us up with burnout, poorer quality of mental health and certainly happiness. Productivity is going to go down. So it's so useful for me. This just comes back to everything that you're about. Let's infuse some more meaning to the power hour. Let's go deeper. What are you doing right now that can help you? How do you stay resilient? What does that really mean? It really means having this ability in a really practical self to have self-awareness. That is everything. If you strip everything back to being self-aware, then you have this capacity and this time and this space, or white space as you call it, to learn unlearn and relearn but there's another thing and and this all comes from elite sport because it's never ever more amplified as I said because the one thing that pretty much catches all of us out I would suggest myself included especially being called a performance mind coach is this fallacy of perfectionism as I said right at the beginning that puts you squarely in a circle that increases and amplifies failure and rejection well there's two things you mentioned that I'm straight away I'm thinking okay self-awareness and perfectionism and I think there's something about both of those things so when you said self-awareness I'm thinking okay you know when it comes to making these big decisions as as we top said at the top whether it's moving house whether it's changing your job getting a dog often I think we look outwards and we say to other people mm. what do you think I should do you know they ask a friend or you might ask your your mum or you might ask your your boss and say you know what do you think I should do and get advice and I know friends that do you know list of pros and cons or but actually trusting ourselves you know when you say self-awareness I think it really takes a lot to be able to trust yourself enough to say I'm going to make this decision. Maybe you're, maybe you're not going to be 100%, maybe you're 90% sure, 80%, whatever, but actually trusting yourself instead of asking everyone else to try and, I guess, make the decision for you. So would you say that, yeah, the self-awareness piece, how can, how can people kind of check and see, actually, am I making my decisions in my life or am I outsourcing my decision-making to others? Exactly. We need both. There's no right or wrong answer to this, but we can look really effectively and particularly in our world. I always have to come back to empirical research working in elite sport. So there's over 50 years of empirical research alone on self-awareness. You need two skills. (laughs) You need to be able to 
first and foremost have this foundational piece to be self-aware. First of all, you need to pause and innovate that time. You know, and it, this can be as little as 10 minutes of your day, you know, less than 1% of your 24 hours. If this is the crucible of your life, which I think we can pretty much all guarantee for all of us in the last 18 months, and it continues to be, will be a defining moment. Okay, I want, I, I want to be able to look back on that and go, I have the courage to be wrong, to change, to adapt, to learn, unlearn and relearn. How do I do that? What's the practicalities? It's, it, it's not this you know, magical superpower as such. It's this ability to be imperfectly human. <laughs> We've got to be able to pause. So whatever that looks like, that looks like for me, meditation. That's what drives people to have this defined ritual or this practice but alongside that as well you need to have the internal chatter right you need to have your little ecosystem in your in your mind to say can I just think and feel this because there's no mind and body disconnection it's not just a head thing it's head and heart together creates better performance away from the stress response can I create some time to innovate and challenge my thinking am I prepared and do I have the courage to be wrong <laughs> I have to be able to do that. Okay, so for me, what, what effectively we do is help people have better self-insight by pattern detecting. You can only pattern detect if you have pauses or white space, as we both talk about, in your day. Because otherwise, what happens? If we don't do that, and this is what catches athletes out all the time in high performance and those at the top of their game, when do you think this floods out? Because the unconscious, the different parts of your brain that are highly active just when you transition into sleep, shout really loudly. The unconscious doesn't rest. So unless you're generous to it and allow some time of reflection and self-learning, if you just want to talk about it in a really practical sense, when is that going to happen? If you don't allow that to happen, then it creates this distrust, this feeling of energy that... I don't quite feel myself. And then what are you going to engage in? What I see people day in, day out. What catches them out? It's like little dusty old post-it notes on their head, on their arms, weighing them down. That's making a decision and then not owning the process. Hmm. Yeah, well, I think, again, going back to how do we make these decisions, as you just mentioned, if you don't have that space in your in your day, if you never have any space yeah. to really kind of consider and look and, and I guess be active in the decision making, because if you're going yes. from one thing to another, as you say, without space, you wake up, you know, into whatever it is, work, kids, maybe it's workout, maybe it's a call, maybe it's something else. And then that repeats day after day after day. When are you actively making a decision? You're just going from one thing to the next thing to the next. And, and myself yes. and Included. I've certainly done that in the past where I just kind of before Me you know too. it it's before before you know it it's been weeks it's been months and then you're like did I actually choose that or is this just become you know what I'm doing now so I think yeah having active time to actively make decisions I really really like that and you know for, for listeners of the show who know about you know my white space concept it's essentially just having yeah empty space in your diary, in your calendar, which I think is more important than ever to have, yeah, space to do this kind of thing. Because with the, with the second thing that I wanted to talk to you about this simplicity idea and how we can simplify our lives, that basically came off the back of me reading an article that just said, you know, eight ways to simplify your life. And I'd also been reading uh, a book by Dan Harris called 10% Happier. And he talks about discovering mindfulness and meditation. Brilliant. So the two the two kind of crossed over in my mind and I was thinking something that stood out to me was that it said 
Less is more, which I'm sure we've all heard, but it was describing it as the less stress and the less obligations and the less work and the less to-dos and the less things gives you space for more, more of what you choose, more freedom, more spontaneity, more time, more joy. And of course, it sounds simple to say, you know, have less stress, have less work, have less problems and have more of the things that you want but again it always comes back to how it's fine just hearing something and being like yeah great I'm going to simplify my life but then how do I actually do that what 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 comes off the list you know (laughs) absolutely and I would even simplify that conversation further to say you're innovating time for brilliance creativity you know, if, if, if I, I have this conversation all the time, don't get me wrong. So currently working on a project for Snowsport England called Backing the Best. So we're looking at the performance pathway from these inc- insanely talented under nines, under tens. If I start chatting to them about mindfulness, you need to do this. That has no meaning in their lives. If I say, have you got time to innovate your talent? It takes 10 minutes. Here's how to do it. This linguistic shift is everything. That's how you innovate your mindset. Check the language that you're using. (laughs) And this always comes back down to sleep because it's essentially in order to optimize, I don't particularly love that that word. I'm all about are things productive or unproductive? Are they useful or unuseful? Just take it back to neutrality and think about the return on investment of your habits. The biggest return you'll ever, ever get is sleep alongside self-awareness, alongside self-talk sleep self-awareness self-talk I like that all those s's I like that I think actually and it's interesting as soon as you said most people have got kind of two out of three down I was thinking oh which of those two for me and you're right because for (laughs) me I'd say I probably have the sleep down you know I'm a big you know sleep to win the self-awareness piece I certainly do a lot of work on that but the self-talk is probably my that's probably my Achilles heel that's the one where it's always I guess, and we've spoken about this recently and I, I shared a post online about this around mm. kind of a relentless feeling of pursuit and ambition and drive. And I think sometimes that's my superpower is like, I want to do it all and I want to <laughs> go, go, go. But then the self-talk part comes in, I think when it's like, you know what, if you make a mistake or if you're late on a deadline or if you haven't achieved something, this kind of relentless pursuit of, of, of achievement, for me, the self-talk thing, that's when that comes in and gets negative. And it's like, oh, Adrienne, you've you've taken on too much or you've let this person down or you've dropped the ball or why haven't you? And it's kind of, I think, I think that's, I'm sure so many people do it, but I think having the, the constant... <laughs> of course they do. Yeah. Of course they do. And think, you know, this is what I love about your podcast is this honesty that, Actually, you enable everybody to have. Don't think for a second I don't have to have that conversation. In fact, a very wise person told me once, a meditation or mindfulness, whatever you choose to call it, or this white space or this innovation, if you don't do that, you do not compost your daily BS. Hmm. Can you afford to do that? In its simplistic terms, I know I can't afford to allow my BS to accumulate. Because it blocks my brilliance. It blocks my energy for those that matter around me. It blocks it for me. I have less choice if the walls of BS are filling up around me. And I have to pay constant attention to these three S's. Don't think for a second. We had a conversation. I'm currently wearing a shoulder brace because I have a C-spine injury. The irony as I got my first book deal. So I have to dictate instead of type. 
<laughs> that Adaptable. allows Adapting. <laughs> exactly it's not it's not forever you have to have a lightness of rent okay whenever I'm working you know if you have a body let me say this if you have a body you're an athlete facts <laughs> if you have a brain you're an athlete okay we always want to push things that's the whole beauty and evolution of being human we're always going to want more Okay, so this is great. And Natalie, this is why I always love having conversations with you. You and I, you know, we can talk and talk and talk because we love this stuff. And I think, you know, sometimes I forget, to be honest, that this has been recorded for other people to listen to. So it's interesting when you say about, you know, me being honest and vulnerable, because I forget that people are going to listen to this. But if we were to look back then, you know, this idea of simplicity and saying, okay, there's been so much going on in the world, so much change, so many things, work, commitments, etc. If someone's listening to this and thinking, yes, actually, I do need to simplify. I'm, I want to focus on the sleep, the self-awareness and the self-talk. But this idea of actually, yeah, less stress, less work, less running around and more of the things that we love, more joy, more freedom, more time. What I guess, where could they start? So if we go with the power hour as an example in the morning, how could we use our power hour this week to start to simplify our lives? Exactly. Well, let's have a look at it from a learn, unlearn and relearn cycle. So that's always the, you know, even just writing that. Am I prepared to learn, unlearn and relearn? Question mark. It's so useful. It expands everything. Whenever we're in decision-making mode, particularly if we're not used to or comfortable being in our whole person. So if we don't really have, if we haven't really connected down, and that's totally fine, by the way, if we haven't connected down with any kind of time alone, time with our thoughts, silence, meditation, mindfulness, whatever these labels you like to call it, okay, if we are not innovating and paying attention to our own mind, the whole thing will just come out of the CEO prefrontal cortex, okay that's not the whole picture it's a little bit like our conversation first thing this morning where I initially said no (laughs) and it didn't sit with me right I'll own that I'm writing my book it's half term a dog barking outside the middle of a build renovation project it would be easy for me to chase the perfectionism to go actually I'm coming on completely unprepared talking to a coach I admire you but also a friend and I'm aware there's going to be Maybe a million people listening to this. I could overthink it from my brain and go, do you know what? I don't know. I won't do this unless I have it all perfected out. It didn't sit right with me. Sometimes no isn't the whole story. And I loved your conversation, by the way, with Chloe Brotheridge and that whole no is a full stop sentence. But sometimes it's not the whole sentence. That's all I'm saying. How do we know that? We only know if we spend time paying attention to the urges alerts and signals from our whole person you know those gut feelings whatever you like to call it remember I told you something absolutely crucial the unconscious doesn't sleep it doesn't rest can we be generous to it and at least listen for less than one percent of our day when people do that time and time again the most effective leaders I don't mean in business. I mean, I want to go through this life being an effective leader myself of me. (laughs) What's the point otherwise? I want to be continuously skilled. I'm not the finished article. Every time I listen and sit down with somebody, I learn. And that helps me and it helps them in their lives. It gives you the driving seat. 
of this beautiful F1 performance car, okay? <laughs> so think about, so, so let's talk about innovation, something we're both, so, so I love the concept of the power, oh, you know that. I'll also add on the golden zone just before at night as well, and I love mutually this white space. For me, that's the whole picture, because our mood, our environment changes throughout the day, so it's really useful just to have those three points to listen to. But let's talk about innovating the power hour. Have you changed it? Hmm. Okay, so has the power hour changed? Are you asking me or are you asking the listeners to ask themselves? I'm, I'm asking the listeners to ask themselves because you and I are not fixing people's lives. Mm. We're enabling people's lives. Okay, then. So for the listeners who are thinking, okay, has your power hour changed? I love that. Has your power hour innovated? Because of course, you know, everything's changed. So for me, I'm just thinking now, I'm like, what could, I love the idea of, you know, trial and error. So with what you're describing, relearning, I don't want people to think, you know, you've got to change it and that's it forever. So it's like, can you just trial and error, try out different things, maybe for a week? Okay, I'm going to try say get up every day I'm going to go out for a walk and and just leave my phone at home or it might be okay for a week I'm going to get up and I'm going to journal or for a week and just try different things out and often when people ask me as well they'll say oh well you know do you have to do it every single day and even that if it's if for you you're I'm an all or nothing person so for me it's like I really lean into repetition and I'm like a hundred percent so it's like yeah of course I'm going to do it every day but for other people I'm like maybe for you it's not that maybe it's every Wednesday you have a power hour or maybe it's every Monday you have a power hour but actually just yeah being willing I really like this I'm going to write it down learn unlearn relearn which are the things that are great and you're like yes I'm going to do that again and again and again and which are the things that actually aren't great which you can change and as you say essentially that is what innovation is so if anyone takes anything from this week it's actually maybe it's the time to reassess and innovate your own power hour make it your own you know having a consistent power hour for me is the thing that stays the same but what I do within that time absolutely changes throughout the year for sure exactly and it needs to it needs to be on the seasonality you know that's exactly the same cycle for for the life journey of all of us as athletes as I said if you have a body or you have a mind you're an athlete okay let's just strip it down to basics here okay it's really important you know sleep self-talk self-awareness is another useful cue where am I is removing the judgment you have to even if you infuse your current power hour with a really helpful lens of self-compassion even if you just did one thing and you change the tone of how you speak to yourself (laughs) or just had the courage to have a little look what am I doing? Is it keeping me adaptive now or is it keeping me safe? I prefer the language or the linguistic shift of not are things good or bad. That's inaccurate. Are they useful? Unuseful. Productive? Unproductive. Helping me be fast or slow. These things open up so much more innovation in our beautiful mind. But also, if you're just operating out, because we're all living too much in our heads, and if anything, that's been the biggest takeaway for me. You know, we had this chat, I think, even 19 months ago. You know, the last decade for me, I've just turned 42 years young, has been the most tremendous growth in terms of my career outward facing and also inward facing. But I'm aware I've got two tiny minds watching. And I wanted to be sure that in the crucible of my life, my experience of the last 18 months unique to me and my family I wanted to be sure that I could look back and say I was also there for my kids not everyone else Mm, it's kids to me and everyone else 
Yeah, and I think that, you know, so many people with children will probably relate to that feeling, especially this last year of going, okay, I'm now a teacher. Okay, they're at home. You're trying to do, you know, all these different things and saying, okay, as you say, they're always there. They're always listening. They're always learning. It's this whole thing of, you know, be lead by example. And actually, we're not perfect. As you said, you know, we're all, we're not perfect as, as, as individuals, as parents, as human beings. And so I think for a lot of people, when you, you know, again, with the honesty thing, when you said about the self-compassion, that is something I'll be really honest, Natalie, (laughs) that is something that it just doesn't come naturally to me. And, And what I really struggle with is this idea that okay let's say someone who is you know top of their game high performing whether they're an athlete whether they're a business person whether they're I don't know whatever I sometimes feel like you know people talk about the edge you know they'll say having this edge this relentless pursuit you know sometimes I think actually Mm. if I if I embrace this self-compassion and for a lot of people they'll call it self-care or you know it's all these different things what's the payoff what's the compromise because could this is my question to you you know could yes. some because you know you're, you know what I'm trying to get at right it's like to myself I'm yeah. going Adrienne you're not going to achieve those things if you don't work in this way and actually if you do <sighs> you know self-compassion you feel like you're taking your foot off the gas and I know a lot of friends feel the same so my question is could some people who've achieved such incredible things would they have been able to achieve such great things if they hadn't if they'd if they'd listened to self-compassion, if they'd taken their foot off the gas and if they'd given 10% less, would they have done it? And I'm thinking of people like Michael Jordan and that kind of, you know, that pursuit, that relentless, aggressive pursuit. What you don't realise is the quiet thing enabling them to stay there longer is self-compassion. I want a full catastrophe living, okay? I'm a natural rebel. I've had to learn (laughs) consistency and discipline, okay? I continuously learn to do that. Okay, particularly effective in my job to continuously learn to do that, particularly effective right now in the process of writing a book when it's 35 degrees. Remember, I'm in hibernation mode as the world is emerging. (laughs) That in itself. Okay, so two things that you said there, cause and effect. You're seeing it as keeping you away from that cliff edge. I'm telling you it enables you to dance over it and stay there for longer. Like climbing El Cap. <laughs> do you want to? Do, do you want to lean over and go? Ah, I like being here. I'm going to take a selfie. It feels good. Or do you want to climb it, own it, and go down in history? Wow. So, so the quiet, unspoken thing that's protecting, and this is what I jumped in when you posted this the other day. For me, I have all this exact energy and ambition, this relentless desire to help, inform, to help people innovate. You know what's fueling that. It's a continuous journey. It gives my life meaning. Okay, but I've also got to protect that energy. When does that energy rest? Just just think about your ambition. If you don't let your ambition rest, what will happen? I know what happens because I meet people when this has happened, I'm saying it's more useful and helpful to think about this concept before and go, can I invest? What's the return on investment of my habits? I deal in habits that aren't necessarily external, habits of mind, habits of thinking. The ultimate ROI is this self-awareness and self-talk. Yeah. To just pay a little bit of attention. That's what gives Time and time again, that's the only reason that athletes listen to me. There has to be this cause and effect for them. Okay? Yeah, exactly. If I, to talk to them, if I talk to them about a performance mind or whatever, it all sounds like 
you know, fad psychology or the words of the moment resilience, what does it really mean? Ultimately, I'm not there in their pocket. Ultimately, the second before they perform, it's coming from their unconscious. And so they need to pay attention. They need to be kind to it. And that's the kind of self-care <laughs> that really helps us in those moments. You know, that's what resilience really is. You can plan to be resilient, but it's this unprocessive, you know, this, yeah. this beyond split second, okay? And you only get that by being prepared to innovate and call out your own BS, as I call it, mm-hmm. in its simplest form. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what I'm thinking, honestly, Natalie, when you say call out that BS, I'm thinking, Adrienne, it's the ego. You know, so many of my friends who are incredibly high performing people, they we have when I'm honest and have this conversation with them, they say, Adrienne, we all feel the same. You know, we all have this ego that's telling us, you know, do more, you achieve something, cross it off the list, go to the next thing. It never feels like you're, you know, and then as you said, it's not that okay if you if you, when I describe it to them, they're like, it's not taking your foot off the gas. It's not, you know, it's not a complacency or becoming idol actually as you described to be able to maintain and sustain the work and the ambition that I have and a lot of people listening to this show I'm sure that's why they tune in you know people tell me whether it's for motivation whether it's for I don't know inspiration to try something new it's because they are trying to achieve something something great something that they've always wanted to do something they know deep down other people might roll their eyes and go oh you're going to start that business or oh you're going to write that book or oh you know but you know what they know you know that's why I love about the you know every message I get from anyone who listens to this show I love that because I always say to them no one else knows what you are capable of no one else needs to approve your wish list your dream list your you are the only person really ultimately you know your life is yours to own you are the only person so I think you know speaking to anyone listening who goes oh my gosh yes I've got so many things I want to achieve so many things I want to do how do I find that balance between go mode and yeah this kind of self-compassion and actually I'm struggling there with you but don't let anyone limit your ambition because let's be real I wouldn't have achieved the things that I've achieved Natalie I'm sure you'd say the same and a lot of the athletes you work with if you didn't have that innate belief that you know what rest sleep self-talk self-awareness resilience all these things but deep down you know what you're capable of you know you know what you're capable of and so yeah i think putting all these tools into action can just make that make it a reality hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, Natalie, before I move on to my quickfire questions, which I'm asking Yay. at the end of every show, which I've been looking forward to, I'd just love to drop in that you've mentioned a couple of times, you know, right now, as the world's emerging, you're going deep in the cave, you're, you're book writing, and I know you can't really talk too much about it, but I know a little bit, obviously, about what you're working on, and I'm super, super excited for everyone, actually, to be able to get their hands on this. So I hope the book process goes really, really well, and when you can, let me know 
the title, all those things that I can share because I'm sure the <laughs> listeners are going to be going, okay, she said she's writing a book. What is this book and when is it out? <laughs> it's out next March, a little clue. Um, but I think I've given roughly the game away, see self-talk, <laughs> self-awareness. <laughs> um, but really it's, it's helping people innovate as we both love to do. So thank mm. you for allowing me to jump on. I hope it's been really useful. I know sometimes people might not have a sharp focus on this, but I think actually we all really do. We just need to simplify the conversation first and foremost in our own mind. And the best time to do that is to think about, am I innovating my power hour? And additionally, if I want to go further, have I got white space? And have I thought about the golden zone, as I talk about, just before night? Because that's the one thing. It's not that people stumble. (laughs) It's because continuously they don't pay attention right at the last minute. Okay? Mm -hmm. That allows you to unvelcro from some of your daily BS. That keeps you going. That keeps you unstoppable. Okay? Great. Oh my gosh. Great. So much gold. Okay. So let's rattle through the quick fire round because we are both long winded. So we're going to try and keep it. <laughs> okay. So my first one is going to be just because I love this question. I think it's super interesting. What is something, <laughs> I don't know what they are yet. Okay. What is something that you have, which brings you joy, something that you love that you bought for 100 pounds or less? Self-awareness. All day long. Okay. Okay, One book that you recommend to absolutely everybody that they should read. Oh, too many. That's too tough. Um, Yours, obviously. Future Shock, because I don't think enough people know about this. Alvin Toffler. Great. Future Shock, Alvin Toffler. I'm adding that to my list. Uh, One piece of advice, one short and small piece of advice that for someone listening to this conversation who says, okay, I'm down, I'm going to simplify what's the one thing they need to remember? Enjoy stillness, enjoy innovation and do it. You can read all the self-help books. You can listen to all the podcasts. What I see time and time again is that tiny little compassionate action. Drive your own car, compassionate action response. Yes, take action. Okay, and the last question, as we love the power hour and time and this idea of making the most of it, if I could give you one extra hour every single day, what would you use that bonus extra time to do? <laughs> oh my God, this is effortless right now. Move without pain. <laughs> Take yeah. my shoulder brace off. Dance. I literally haven't been able to move without pain for nine weeks. So oh, yeah, freedom, freedom and get outside. Look, loosen up actually. Let me, let me refine that. Loosen up. Loosen the reins. Just loosen the reins. And I have the one thing I really forgot, and I just want to add this. I know this is slightly extra. I did forget my sense of humor button in the last 18 months, and I'm determined to bring that back. Yeah, I like that. I really love that. And that, that infuses things with a different tone, enables you to get unstuck, a sense of humor, and loosen up time and time again. Athletes, type personalities, performers, we all forget that. That's a tiny little thing that's free. Listen up, for sure. Yeah, I love that. I love that because we can all get very serious up in here. So I like the idea of like, you know what? It's not that deep. Loosen up. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much, Natalie, for joining. Again, You, I always love our conversations. I know the listeners are going to enjoy this. It's very timely. So thank you. And we, I really hope that next time I speak to you, next time I see you, <laughs> you are going to be pain-free and fully recovered. So yeah, wishing you all the best. Thank you so much, Natalie. 
Me too. Thanks for this opportunity. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.